We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. This podcast episode is brought to you by Uplevel, the app that's redesigning the world for women. Head over to uplevel.com, that's U-P-L-E-V-Y-L.com, to join the Uplevel network and learn how to accelerate your life professionally, personally, and financially. Apply now and get access to highly curated, female-focused, and ad-free content. Membership required. Download the Uplevel app on the App Store today. I am so excited for this episode featuring Latoya Shambo, who is the founder and CEO of Black Girl Digital. Latoya and I had such a great conversation. She shared how, as a child, she grew up observing what was around her and how her Jamaican culture really impacted her life with that speak when spoken to mentality. Latoya spoke about breaking generational cycles the importance of making your health a priority to be your best self, and creating goals to improve your life. She also spoke about dealing with difficult people, being assertive in business, how to respond in conflict situations, and why it's so essential to operate from a place of core values. Latoya shared the story of how an accident was the catalyst that inspired her to start her business, and shared the mission of her brand, Black Girl Digital, and how she's contributing to making the world a better place. I can't wait for you to listen in to my conversation with LaToya, learn a lot, and be inspired. I was actually observant. I was quiet and I observed my surroundings. And I also grew up in a Caribbean household, I'm Jamaican. So it was really a lot of speak when you're spoken to. (laughs) Kind of a lifestyle that I lived for a very long time. Um, So it was, I was, I would say I was quiet. And then when I got into middle school, maybe, um, I would say middle school uh, and met some friends, my best friend till this day, she asked me, she was like, well, can you sing? And I was like, well, I don't know. She was like, well, try. And I tried to sing. And then we were in a singing group from there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. Yeah, so I, I guess I would say my personality and mannerisms really kind of formed as I became more into my middle school, high school life. But as a kid before that, I didn't speak. I just read books and just watched everything that happened. (laughs) Wow. And how would you say that that contributed to who you are today? You know, um, I would say today I am still very observant. I listen a lot before I jump into a conversation, make an assumption. It's it's just a, a 
part of my nature now to just kind of observe my surroundings and then act versus, all right, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, what's, what's, you know, I, I'm, I, I take it all in. And that I definitely would say that was all from my childhood and it kind of hangs out with me now. Um, something that also kind of moved into my, from my childhood that I'm breaking, I'm working on unlearning, which is just the most challenging. Um, as a, as a Jamaican, we're often taught, you know, don't talk your business, don't speak your business, keep everything to yourself and in your, you know, in your family and that's it. And I think that a lot of that is still kind of programmed in my brain and it prevents me sometimes from, from being social on social media. I'm, it's like, I, I work on it and I'm, you know, I, I post occasionally, but, you know, sometimes I still get in my way of, uh, you know, I don't need to tell nobody this, like, uh, <laughs> like, uh, I'll just keep it to myself. You know, it, it's, it's such a, I don't want to say it's a bad habit. It's just a habit that I've, I've been so used to, and it just takes such uh, intention to, to change and break. For sure. I mean, our childhood habits and what we've been programmed to do have such an impact Mm -hmm. on our actions as adults. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. 150%. I even tell my mother, it's so funny. um, She's arguing or was going back and forth or something with, with my sister. And, you know, she was like, she said this and then retaliated on that. I was like, well, actually, if you really think about how it went down, ma'am, you retaliated, you responded in that way. So she then retaliated and she responded in, you know what I mean? So it's, I was like, it's learned behavior. (laughs) And I guess, you know, you're an adult and it's hard for you to unlearn certain things. I was like, but you have to be very mindful of your actions and what you're going to get in response to it. But because you've been this way for so long, you know, it's kind of like, you don't. she doesn't even notice, you know, from her childhood, from how her mother raised her, it's like a, tr- a ripple effect. And I was like, I'm breaking these cycles. I'm yes. not, getting, I'm not getting caught up in it. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I love breaking the cycles thing, especially as a business owner. I mean, it's so important because we, we spoke a little bit off camera um, and you were saying how health is your health is your business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to like, you know, um, oh my God, what's the word I'm looking for? Love dive for you. into dive that. Into that. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, I, you know, I can go in a couple of different ways. So first I'll say what, with this whole COVID situation and whatever, I'm, I'm Omnicon or whatever it's called. It was funny. My father had got sick, um, but not with COVID. He just had a, a cold. And I said to him, don't come over here because he lives in the basement. I was like, I can't afford to get sick. I literally cannot afford to be sick because I have to show up for my business every day. I take a thousand meetings a day. Like I cannot afford to be sick. Oh, I'm not going to come over there. No, no, no worries. My mother was visiting. She goes in the basement. She gets sick. Ma'am, I tell you, I cannot afford to get sick 
but she's cooking. She needs a ride to the store and we're in close counters. Who gets sick? I was like, y'all don't listen to me. Like I said, I cannot afford, like I, 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 I have to protect my energy so much, my health so much because I have to show up for the business. I literally was in the bed congested telling my, I was like, you have to get up. 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 And I, I just rolled out of bed because I had to get up. You know, it was no, well, just take a break, rest a little. I have to rest at night when it's time to go to bed, but when it's morning time, I have to get up. It's like, clockwork and yes we need rest it is important to rest but man as an entrepreneur you're faced with these obstacles and challenges of what what do you have to prioritize today or what's the most important thing right now and I was like well if I were uh hacking or if I had COVID maybe I would actually take a day off I was like but I'm just congested I'm literally only congested. My body works. Get up. <laughs> showed up. I showed up every day for the last two days and <clears throat> I'm on the last leg. I was like, I'm here. Cause I was, I was like, I got a video interview. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I got to get my health together. Take, drink your tea, you know, take your medicine, whatever you need to do, get it together. And I, you know, I put a, I also put a, um, I have a walking, a treadmill in my room and a standing desk right in front of my bed. I'm like, get up, get your workout in, do some work while you do it, get it in where you can get it in. Cause going to the gym, I just couldn't make it to the gym, but that's no excuse for me to be healthy. That's no excuse for me to maintain my weight and maintain the, the physical of what I desire. Right. So then I was like, well, I also need to build muscle. So I ordered some weights. So now I'm walking on my treadmill, doing my weights, watching my videos in the morning. Like, all right, girl, you, you out here, you know, building good habits and taking care of everything the best way that I can. You know, I had to figure out what in my environment needs to adjust, needs to shift so that it's easy for me to maintain my health and add to my health, embrace my health versus it being a burden, so to speak. I think, you know, the excuse of not going to the gym will prevent me from going to the gym. But now that I have the basic equipment, there's no excuse. Like, there's literally no excuse. And it is in front of my bed. <laughs> right, right. No, it's so true. Yeah, there's that aspect of like, and it really applies not only to entrepreneurs, but to any working woman, you know, that you could always find a way to make it work. If if your health is your priority, then you can make it work. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I look at my mother actually worked from home for like, I don't know, 20 years. And I I recall her behaviors when she worked from home. She just sat at the computer, ate, sat at the computer, ate, sat. My mother's not fat. My mother's not overweight. She's a petite woman, similar, similar build, um, but like five, two. 
but now she's she has like knee problems she has arthritis she's just moves slow and it's a result of not being uh health having a healthier lifestyle not working out not being conscious like i get up every hour just to walk around and get you know my blood flowing and muscle movement and i'm just I want a better lifestyle than what I saw. Yes. You know? And even when my mother sees my life today, she's like, I wish I would have thought about all this stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. back when I was doing it. And I was like, you know, you only can see, you, so sometimes you can only do what you see. Yes. And if you're, if you don't have the imagination to think bigger than what's in front of you, you're only going to execute what's in front of you. So sometimes we have to think outside the box, push ourselves forward, or an easy way to, to kind of think ahead is think about what you don't want. Right. I would always say, I don't want this. And I said that my childhood, I didn't want that. So what do I, what do I need to do in order to not? Yes. <laughs> and that drives imagination and dreams and desires. And then it's like, okay, if I want that, what do I need to do? If I want to look like that, what do I need to do in order to achieve it? Yes. That's a great piece of advice. Fantastic. Yeah. Because it's true. You don't really know what's out there and what you can change until you're, um, you're mindful about what it is that you want, what it is that you don't want, right? Mm-hmm. At least. And sometimes also another thing you just reminds me of is, you know, that's why we have these resources like podcasts and books and stuff to get exposed to ideas. Books changed my life. I wish somebody was like, you need to read more when I was younger. Read these books. I read like when I was a kid, you know, the um, mystery novels and, you know, stuff like that. But when I was in my really college development stage, I wish somebody would have gave me these books that I have behind me. Some of these books changed my life. This this book that I'm um, reading right now, Atomic Habits, a lot of the stuff that's in that book, I already, I'm already, I was already doing, but to, to see it reaffirmed in the, I was like, oh my, oh my, yes, yes, yes. Like read more. I can't stress that enough. Read more. There are some brilliant, brilliant people out there that can help expand your imagination. Yes, absolutely. No, I love that. I love that. And I wanted to go, um, I want to like backtrack for a minute because we spoke about health, but I want to talk about um, like mental health and protecting yourself because you mentioned this, that when you were younger, it was kind of like speak when spoken to kind of thing. So in, you know, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, business owner, I'm sure you've dealt with situations with people who are not so easy. How, Mm. and you know, you can't all of a sudden, like all of a sudden your childhood, like speak when spoken to is not going to work now. You need to be able to be assertive in an obviously respectful way. But so, so how did you kind of like, you know, find my voice? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll say, um, it really started when I got super firm and super clear on my core values. Nothing 
nothing gets in the way of my core values. My core values in, in personal aligns with my core values in the business. At the top of my core values is respect. Nothing gets in the way of respect. So when a client feels the need to be disrespectful, you're no longer a client. That's where I draw the line. As I protect my employees. We do not accept that behavior. There is a cancellation clause. We'll enforce it. We don't need the money. We don't need the headache. I am okay. I do not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna curse at you. I'm not gonna yell at you. I'm, I'm not going back and forth. I respect everyone's opinion. I hear what you're saying. I understand it. If we are not delivering to the best of our ability that is making you happy and bringing you results, we don't need to work together no more. No hard feelings. Like we're, we're not going to get it right every single time. But what I, what I do know is that you're, you don't have the right to talk to me as if I'm a child, to talk to my team as if they're children. That does not, that does not flow here. So I have been in situations where I had to respectfully exit a contract. No problem. Like, I don't, and I don't think, I don't think twice about it. I don't harbor. I don't hate anyone. This just did work out. It's business. Keep it moving. It's, but it's really operating from a place of core values. You know, if you know what you stand firm on, nothing is going to break that. Nothing is going to bring you below that. And you'll rise so far, far and high above it. That is amazing. And yeah, I, I love that. No, seriously, because <laughs> you're so right. Like, I'm just thinking of situations in my own life and in the lives of some of my clients and other people. And I'm just thinking, like, could you imagine if we all operated from our place of our core values? Listen, I think that. And, and this is going to go a little deep, but in the world, in the world, if we operated out of respect for humans, period, a lot of what happens today wouldn't happen. You know, I think that people lack respect for other people. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care what your sexual orientation is. If you are kind to me, I am kind to you. Even if you're not kind to me, I'm kind to you because that's how I operate. I respect your religion. I respect what it is that you come to the table with. We don't have to agree on anything. We don't have to agree on the color of the sky. I could care less. You don't live with me and I don't live with you. You don't pay my bills. I don't pay your bills. Like none of it matters. None of it matters. We are experiencing each other in this moment. And if we're respectful towards each other in this moment, then we can go home peacefully. Why do I have to challenge your nationality? Why do I have to challenge your religion? Why do I have to challenge your belief? I don't need to challenge your belief. That's what you believe. That is what you believe, not what I believe. What I believe stays with me, sits in my soul, sits in my heart. And and that's what I take with me when I go home and sleep tonight. I'm not taking you, your beliefs. And that's why even when you're dating in your partnership, you have to align on your beliefs. You have to align on your core values because that's who you're sleeping with at night. That's who you. That's who you're taking home with and and sitting with this within your soul. 
you know what I mean? So if you, if people operated out of that, I think this world would be just a little bit more pleasant. Totally. Totally. (laughs) You're so right. Yes. Yes. I love it. Wow. Wow. You are like flowing with information and amazing. (laughs) I love this. I love this. Um, So how do you deal with like when you have a conflict that let's say that can be resolved, right? Um, How do you deal with it? Like, is it, was it challenging for you to find your voice because of, you know? Yeah. So it, it took a while for me to establish my leadership style, right? Understanding the kind of leader I wanted to show up as I'm destined to show up as, um, and really understanding how to deal with different personalities. Um, and sometimes it's not about responding immediately. And I had to learn that, you know, and I, I think that really, um, solved a lot of it problems on its own. It's like, all right, you know what? I hear, I hear what you're saying. Let me think about this. Let me, let me take it back. Let me kind of figure out what some solutions might be and, and come back to you because when you respond immediately, it comes off defensive. Well, no, maybe we need to. And well, I think that no, I didn't act that I didn't hear you. I didn't really hear anything you said. I'm not processing you know, what your problem is, what your issue is. And if, so I need time, I need time to process because I'm a solutions oriented human. I want to solve the problem. I don't want to dwell in the problem. I don't want to go back and forth about the problem. That didn't really work for me. And and it doesn't really work in relationships. I'll say that. I fail. I failed in that part sometimes because I don't like to argue. I'm like, I'm not going back and forth. So it, it can come off as condescending in a relationship. But in business, it's really about, okay, you know what? Let me think about it from your perspective and see where I can meet you in the middle because it's always about the win win. I want you to feel like you've won. I too want to feel like I've won. So we both need to walk away feeling like there is a win-win. And sometimes, you know, it's really about understanding how that person needs to be heard, right? So how do how does this person really want me to listen to what it is that they're saying? Do they need an immediate response or would they like me to walk away and come back? Because I'm flexible. I'm a leader. I don't need to be the boss in charge all the time. I can take a step back and be like, you know what? Okay. What's going to make this move forward? Because that's what's important to me. My win is moving forward. It is not staying here. I don't want to stay here. I want to move it forward. So again, understanding my leadership style, my work style, and then taking the time out to learn the other person. So like when I'm in a discovery call before the prospect, before they're a client, I'm paying, I'm paying attention to their cues. I'm paying attention to their body language. I'm paying attention to how they're communicating to me and, you know, how they're listening and how they're delivering. Right. Because then that to me shows this is how, what kind of a client they're going to be. I can pick that up quick. I'm very quick on energy, character, and mannerisms. So I can easily be like, no, I'm not going to work with that person. Because it's just not going to (laughs) work. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, um, but I, I try to pay attention to those cues very early on because it does just dictate how the working relationship is going to be. And I also know my team. I, I can say, all right, well, this personality is probably not going to work best with that project manager. Like if like I can tell if if the client is super, super anal and, you know, type A and detail, you know what, I'm gonna have to give you to the project manager who will over communicate. And like, it's, again, it's understanding those things to mitigate the issues of conflict. Because if somebody who's A type is working with a project manager who is unorganized, lacks in communication, it's always going to be an issue of this person's not delivering what I need and, you know, what's going on and why isn't this happening? No, no, that, that's not the person, that's not the right partnership. So again, you know, I just pay attention. <laughs> yes. No, I love that. You're so, I'm just thinking back to my own experiences. Um, I think that sometimes we, we really look the other way when we shouldn't. Because we know in our gut that like something isn't right or just this person's that's not going to work for us or whatever it is. And for whatever reason, we just go ahead with it anyway. And then we suffer the consequences later on. Yeah, I don't work for money anymore. I'm a capitalist. Don't get me wrong. I am out here trying to get the mucho dinero. Okay. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not selling my soul for the dollar. Like I'm, I'm not doing it. I'm not taking on any client just to pay a bill. I won't do it. Like I don't need to pay myself. I will pay everyone before I pay myself. I cashed in my 401k to start my business. I literally pay influencers before I pay myself. Like it is not about, oh my gosh, we need, we need, we need this client for the money. No, I won't take it. I, our mental health is more important. Yes, absolutely. Totally. So let me ask you, I, I know we've been talking about business ideas and you've been offering such great advice, but let's talk about your business for a minute. So what inspired you to create your business? Uh, Black Girl Digital. Um, so I've been working in advertising for about 14 years. I love the business. When I graduated college, I was like, this is it. Love it. Um, worked on every side, agency, brand direct, publisher, ad network, um, and a couple of things. There's like a couple of things that happened. I've always known that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I always, before the word was entrepreneur, I'm going to say businesswoman. I was like, I'm going to own my own business. I always knew that. Excuse me. I did different things here and there. Nothing really hit. Um, but I worked at Complex for about seven years. I'm not sure if you're familiar with um, Complex Media. Um, they, um, big culture media platform, manage a lot of other ad net, ad publishers. Um, and I was in three different departments. And I just, there was this one moment um, I was pregnant. I was pregnant. And I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want. I want an agency. I want an agency. And then um, I kind of was like, well, who's doing this for black women? You know, who's really securing brand partnerships for the black female bloggers? Cause that's what it was at the time. So fast forward, and I, I didn't know just yet what it was gonna be, but I'm just asking myself all these questions and really thinking about it. Um, so fast forward, 
um, I had uh, my babe, my daughter, um, who's 10 years old by it right now. Um, and so five days after I gave birth, we were hit by a car while crossing, while, while crossing the street. Um, and she was in my hand and we were walking. Oh my God. We're fine, obviously. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, it was like a wake up call, you know, it was like, God saved me for a reason because it could have been so much worse. I mean, she walked away unharmed. She was a 10 pound baby, but unharmed walked away unharmed. And it was a busy street. I won't go on too deep into the story because it can be a long story. Um, but from that accident, I broke my tibula, fibula, navicular. I was literally in a cast mid thigh, broke my shoulder because I had to break the fall. And, and so I was like, I couldn't do nothing. My entire maternity leave. So I was just still, you know, I was really still and it gave me time to think about just life and everything and going through rehab, you know, it was talking to the people in rehab where my mindset was like, what? These people, there are people literally who for a living get hit, get into accidents to do insurance claims and whatnot. And this one guy in particular says to me, oh, you were hit by a car and you running back to work? I would have been sitting this one out for years. I was like, sir, I don't have years. I have a whole newborn to get back to. I have a career to start. And you know what? I have to start a business. I don't, I, I can't sit around and be in rehab in pain for years. That's such a waste of time. But you know what? It's only me. I was like, let me just work on myself and my mind. I wasn't not trying to change you, sir, and whatever it is that you're going through, whatever. So I got through that and it really just showed me like the, the mind is so powerful and we limit ourselves in our thoughts, period. So from there, you know, I, I just was doing more work, doing more work, being patient. And I tell you one day it just hit me. I literally woke up and I was like, the company name is going to be Black Girl Digital. I went to trademark it the next day. It was like, boom. And then I did, I worked with um, Nicole Kane from Nicole Bitchy, did her transition from Nicole Bitchy to Exo Nicole. And then I was starting to build the ad network. It was just so many things were just kind of falling into place. And, but was the most interesting is the year I launched social media hit the next year. And because my background was in packaging and planning, it was an easy pivot. It was such an easy pivot because all of my bloggers turned into influencers and the, the brands that I was working with, they wanted influencers. So it was just it was just a natural shift of, all right, well, this is what we do. This is what we're doing. And it just hit. It, it really hit, you know. So we basically provide a service to um, major brands and agencies 
um, that's looking to connect with Black creators and now diverse creators at scale. So we work on, you know, campaigns with 10, 12, 20, 30, uh, 40 creators at a time uh, to really amass impact. It's really about the impact, the reach. But for us, you know, putting more black and brown creators in advertising campaigns, because as an advertising professional, there's a lack thereof. You know, it was very few brown faces in a lot of creatives. So it brings us great joy to really uh, be able to provide that and solve for that, you know? So it's like Black Girl Digital, in my mind, is my contribution to the culture. You know, I'm not on the front lines, you know, fighting for the people, but this, <laughs> this, this, is, this is me, you know, doing my best and, and giving back to the community and allowing, you know, our, our Brown communities to get paid to do the things that they love to do. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, it's so important that everyone, um, you know, it, it's funny because we we have to, I, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, more than protect, but stand up and empower our own communities, you know, it, it starts at home, it really does start at home. And only then can we make the world as a collective place really, really be, feel empowered if, if we all start with our own people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree, you know, but it's sometimes though, I do feel like we fall into um, the trap of uh, internal segregation, right? So sometimes we just, it's like all the black people over here, but well, how are we really communicating inclusivity? You know, like, I, when we work with brands, we're educating them on the audience, on the community. So that's us being inclusive. We're, we're including you and connecting you. You know, it's, it's not just, it's not us, hey, let's just only work with Black brands and promoting it to the Black community. That's not inclusive, in my opinion. You know, it's necessary, sure. It's, it's definitely necessary for black owned businesses to be promoted to the black audience. Yes. But for my mission is on inclusivity, true inclusivity. And that is educating and, and including other faces and brands into the black community. Yeah. Yeah. My humble opinion. Right. No, of course, because here's the thing. If we only focus on our own people, then that's the opposite of inclusivity. But if we make sure that our own people are included with everyone else, then all of a sudden that becomes this unity and inclusivity, which is beautiful. So, okay. So let me understand this. So you work with Black Girl Digital is for Black influencers only. No, 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 no. We work with all kinds of influencers. We started with our our focus was Black female creators and influencers, Um, but we've now grown and expanded into males and uh, Latinx and Asian and the LGBTQT. Like we're all over the gamut. (laughs) Love it, love it. So the wide variety of like 
of uh, so so you audiences yeah Mm -hmm. more like an it's like when you think about black girl digital it's really um a play on audiences you know if you want to reach a particular audience we help you craft that conversation and communication strategy and source the appropriate influencers that'll help you navigate through that that is very cool yeah, I love that. So what are some challenges that you had to get through on uh, along your journey of, of Black Girl Digital? Because I'm sure that it wasn't easy, especially because you were focused on the Black woman community at first. There had to be a well, thing. <laughs> the challenge, there's different challenges, um, but I will, I'll speak from a place where uh, there are other, if there's someone that's looking to uh, build a marketing agency, because this is the biggest problem. When you're launching a marketing agency, you want to you want to do everything. Like it's just natural because you feel like, oh my gosh, I know how to do. I I do digital marketing. I can build your funnel. I can do your paid marketing. I can do your social. I can do. Can you really do everything? Unless you actually can duplicate yourself, you cannot. <laughs> do everything. And I had to learn that the hard way, you know, and we were just kind of doing everything to stay afloat in the beginning of time. It was just like, cause the influencer space was so, was still so new. We are like, well, okay, well, how are we supplementing, you know, this, the income for this time frame? And so we was like, all right, we'll do social media. All right, we'll do paid marketing. And it was just, I was the only person that really knew how to do everything. So then it became a pull and a tug at my time. And that's not how you grow a business at like, but the highest margin was on influencer marketing. I was like, why are we pinching pennies for all of my time? (laughs) Like that does not make sense. It just did not make sense. It didn't add up. And when I'm running the numbers and kind of seeing where money was coming from, that's dumb. That was dumb and a waste of my time. So we doubled down and this is all we're doing. And I I need to change my website. Uh, For two years, I've been saying I'm gonna change the website. Um, So all we were only focused on influencer marketing. We do like special projects um, where we can host an event of some sort, but Hire, uh, hire an agency to do the event, but it's about leveraging the influencer and, and bringing that, that experience together, right? Or we can do, you know, um, custom video. I have a partner that does the video, leveraging the influencer. Again, we're never leaving our core service. That's all we, this is what we do. We're, we're great at this. That's all we want to do because I can, I've trained people on how to do it. And that allows me to save my time. That allows me to grow the business. And I think the challenge with marketing is we're just good. You know, when you're, when you're a real strong marketer, you can do a lot of things, but it's, it's not a good business model if you can't duplicate it. Like, I just, ugh, that was such a learning curve, but a blessing. Cause now I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, being an entrepreneur is like, we're, we're constantly learning. You know what I mean? Like it's like a learning experience on the job, but yeah, no, that's so true. It's like, figure out your one thing and you know, you could have partners that help you out with that rest, but figure out your core mission and like what it is that you do. Um, so there's a book, there's a book actually called one thing. Um, and it's, and it talks about that. I've never read that book, but I've heard of it before. I have to get my hands on yeah. it. I, yeah. Uh, what's this guy's name? Um, I think it's um, the one. The one thing. Yeah, Jay or, or Gary Keller. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. It's a great resource. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, it's so true. It's so true. These are lessons that, and, and, and the, you know, the, the purpose of having these discussions is so other women who are listening can learn from your experience because you learned this the hard way you had to try it out and you waste the time and energy, but well, not waste, I shouldn't say that, but you know, like you, you gave that, that you kind of wish that you had, you know, had back. Um, but you also learned from it and now you're right. teaching other women about it. So yeah, that's great. So let me ask you, Latoya, do you have any advice for other minority women in regards to creating and growing their own successful business? Um, so many ways to go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So first I would say, uh, if you're starting a business and you're not the strongest in marketing, because most business owners, they struggle in the marketing. You, you, you create a great product. You have an idea for a service, but how are you going to get your customers? So there's two things. The first thing you need money for marketing if you want to hire people, hire someone to do marketing for you. You need money for marketing. So if understanding that you need money for marketing, you should go and start selling. Go start selling first. Get business. I, I understand that you feel like you need marketing in order to get business, but honestly, you can look within your own network community emails um like look within first execute some sales you got a proof of concept you got a couple of dollars now you you know then you take the time out to execute marketing a little bit on your own just a little bit you don't have to do the whole thing like don't overwhelm yourself with marketing so marketing you just have a strategy of, all right, well, what's my goal, right? What is my goal? What do I, what am I trying to achieve here? And then say, well, how can I do it? What, what are all the things that I need to do in order to achieve this? Where do I need to show up? Do I need to be on this platform or on TV, whatever it is? Because my customer is where? Where's my customer? And when you kind of break it down in these small micro bits, you, it's easier for you to assess whether you can do it on your own or if you really need to hire someone. Because honestly, at the beginning of a business, you should be doing your marketing on your own and you can't. 
you really, really can. You start with your SEO um, and some content stuff, easy. Email marketing, easy, simple. Don't, oh, you don't have to be the cre most creative person. Canva does it all for you. Creative market is my friend. Like there are just, sometimes you just have to do a little bit of research, be a little organized and execute. And then when you start to see the result and yield some dollars, then you hire people. But man, when I get discovery meetings with new business owners and they're like, oh, my budget is $500, do it yourself. Take the $500, spend it wisely. But to spend it on an agency, that's not even, that's not covering somebody's agency fees, right? So. You can put $100 in paid marketing. You can put $100 in hiring somebody from Fiverr to design your assets if that's what you need. You know, do some copywriting if that's what you need. You know, and then put another, I don't know, $200 in maybe, maybe you want to hire a small nano influencer to, you know, it's just spread that money out, but take your time. Take your time with marketing, start doing it yourself and then scale up to have an agency help you, but don't be afraid to just start and you must start selling. Just start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. No, those are great. Great. Yeah. For, for sure. I mean, people have to realize that, you know, big major marketing definitely costs money. It's a big investment. And you have to either be prepared for that or just try to do it on your own and see what happens. So yeah, those, that's great. Yeah. Coke spends a billion dollars a year, $1 billion a year on advertising. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's crazy. But clearly imagine it's working. They, but imagine what it makes in return. Right. Right. You know, if you spend a billion dollars, you should be making 3 billion. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you always want to you know if you put out one you want three back yeah yeah you know so it's a rule of thumb right <laughs> for sure it's true it's true so let me ask you the question that we ask everyone latoya which is what is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with mm. Um. I would say my hope is that they don't have to struggle with being firm and not being labeled something because they're just being firm, being straightforward. I'm just, why do I, why am I being called sassy if I'm just giving you the information? These are just, the, these are the facts. There's, there's no, there's no sass behind the facts. Yeah. I didn't say I feel a way. I'm telling you the fact is this happened, that happened, and this is the result. It's a fact. Oh, why are you being sassy? Who's being sassy? Yeah. Or bossy or aggressive. Right. Like, you know, another good book is um, Learn What to Say. I think, I think that's what it's called. What Not to Say. What, 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 what Not to Say. It's a really good book. It's a really good book. So it, it kind of 
shows you, you know, how to approach a conversation. Cause again, sometimes people just receive things differently and it does appear as aggression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I love that. I love that. Also coming from different cultures. Also people were used to saying certain things in certain ways and people might not appreciate it or take it the same way. Yeah. Coming from a Jamaican culture, I have a tough face. So people always take my face the wrong way. And I'm like, <laughs> just my face. I'm just not smiling. Doesn't mean anything, but this is how I look when I'm not smiling. <laughs> <laughs> but you smile a lot though. I, I, that's because, I, because I look better when I smile. <laughs> Something I had to learn over time, you know, but sometimes I'm just in thought or in processing and processing looks like this. <laughs> I have a friend who does the same oh that's hilarious like you're reminding me yeah yeah totally no it's really important <laughs> um okay so let's talk where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and even like maybe hire you to help them grow their business yeah so um we're at blackgirldigital.com on instagram blackgirldigital um and my personal is latoya shambo on instagram as well Awesome. I'm so excited. And thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure. So much fun to talk to you. Same. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a great chat. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 